You are now tuned in to Hollywood Ways with Doug and Breezy. Oh, hey, Ted. I know that you like the lies, know you like the way it shines. There's no other place you'd rather be. This is how we do it in Hollywood. This is how we do it in Hollywood. All right, welcome. Hollywood Ways. Breezy is uh, shooting All-American today, so she is unfortunately unavailable. I have been, uh, just a little update for me, I have been writing and writing like a machine, like I'm 21 years old and desperate for a dollar, because that's how I feel right now. (laughs) I'm actually really excited. I got this show that uh, we're going to independently finance. I got producer Ted Foxman here who's going to put in a couple of shekels and I'm going to do the same. So I'm just really pumped because we're going to do it the old independent way, the way I've done things in the past without waiting for anybody to give us what their opinions are and we're just going to go do it. So uh, script will be done this week and uh, we'll have some updates on that. So I'm excited. But today, special guest, close friend of mine and, and a Jewish bodybuilder for Hanukkah. I mean, what could be better than that? <laughs> Jake Steinfeld. That's the setup. I knew it, D. What's up? A Jewish what an amazing Hanukkah th- present. On the third night of Hanukkah. <laughs> they delivered a muscular Jew. Yep. And I, and, I mean, Jake, you know, your story, which, uh, you know, our generation knows. I was a New York, Long Island guy, as you were. And when I was growing up, you were the guy. You were everywhere. You built a brand, Body by Jake. Right. You started Fit TV that you sold for $500 million. That's Is that what correct? it was. Yes, 97? it was. 1997. What did right. you do with all that money, Jake? Why uh, don't you buy the fucking Lakers? Well, I, I, I wanted to. We could get into that, man. Yeah. But it's, uh, it, first of all, it's great sitting here with you, Dave. Yeah, it's exciting. You know, right? I, I've been seeing, we go back a long way. Yep. You know, remember the entourage days and, and what you've been able to accomplish is unbelievable. But I love what you're doing. The thing, like you opened up the show. By saying, this is what I'm doing, I'm not going to wait for somebody to finance me, I'm not going to pitch this idea to someone who's going to tell me no. Look, I've always been a big believer in the world lets you be what you make them believe you are. Mm -hmm. Producer Ted knows he's shaking his head up and down, yeah. You take control of your own destiny, and I think that's what life's about. You talk about this on your show, every podcast. The different guests that you have, a lot of people overcome adversity. Everybody does. You know, everyone has something. I, I, I was an overweight kid. I had a bad stutter growing up. You know, my, my dad bought me a set of weights at 13. It changed my life. Weights, and we're talking 1975? I'm talking I was 13, so it was uh, my bar mitzvah, 1971. So if everyone can imagine, there's no gyms. There's no. not a lot of weights around, no, even no, in no. professional athletics. This no, no. is not a big thing. Listen, I'm talking about that we sent away to York Barbell in the back of uh, – was it? It wasn't even Muscle and Fitness. It was. It was a. It, it was a muscular development. It was called right. And in the back of the magazine, you could send away for weights and a T-shirt too. A York barbell T-shirt <laughs> in York, Pennsylvania. Now I'm a Jewish kid. You know, in Baldwin, Long Island. You know, you're America, and not a lot of Jewish kids are working out. And I just, you know what it was? It was one of those moments. And I'm a big believer, like we talk about, life's about moments. And this was, and we all have moments, some great, some not so great. And I'll never forget the moment. I'm downstairs, in, I'm, I'm in the basement. I'm the oldest of four kids, so I'm the oldest. You live in the basement. You know, I had, let me give you a little visual. I had my black light posters, you know, <laughs> all over the walls. I had my Jimi Hendrix on one, one wall, Alice Cooper on the other. Uh, and I had my black light netting, you, you know, the <laughs> netting. That, and I would sit and, you know, listen to Jimi Hendrix, and then I'd listen to Alice Cooper. And I was never a big student. 
And it was like, you know, my father kind of saw this. And one moment that happened in the summertime, my dad called me outside into our backyard, and he had set up this weight bench. And he said, come on, let's do some bench pressing. I kind of looked down at my Twinkies, and I said, you know, this is really not for me, Dad. And he was a guy that would ask you to do something once, and that was the end of it. And Meaning uh, meaning you did it? or No, no. Or I he never wouldn't did bother it. you again? He would never bother me again. Right. And uh, he, he either saw if it stuck or not. It either stuck or it didn't, and he g- he gave it the shot, and uh, we the, the weight sat there for the rest of the summer. At the end of the summer, he said, "Bring the weights inside." As I was saying, I lived in the basement, so off to the left of my bedroom, You're like Harry Potter, was a little a little, uh, <laughs> little more much. Well, fatter <laughs> at the time, and no glasses, <laughs> and uh, and an afro. But that's besides the point. I, I'll, I'll get to that in a second, and. To the left of my bedroom was the laundry room. So I put the weight bench in there, and that was the end of it. Here we are. This one night, I'm doing social studies homework. I was never a student. I'm, I'm highlighting every single thing. I don't know what I'm doing. And I start sort of daydreaming like I've always done, looking out the window. And for some reason, I look to the left, and there's that easy curl bar. It was you know, it's, it's, it's a bent bar to do bicep curls with that my father had bought. I had seen it every night, D. But this night I got up, I walked into the laundry room, I picked up the weights, I walked into my bedroom, and I had this mirror behind my bedroom door, and I had this ottoman, that I, so I took the mirror, put it on top of my ottoman. I also love to listen to Frank Sinatra as I did it my way. And at the end of Frank's album, there's like this 20 seconds of wild applause for Frank. So I queued up the record to the applause for Frank Sinatra. I put on my headset, my cans, right? I'm looking in the mirror. I had my underpants on, right? My stomach hanging over my underpants. I'm looking in the mirror, and I start doing my bicep curls, visualizing 50,000 screaming fans in Madison Square Garden. And that was where the sickness began. But screaming for what? You you were for into me. bodybuilding, no, though? No, for me. I just thought. I was reading the magazines. I wasn't even a bodybuilder. But I, I saw myself as Mr. America. That's what I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Whatever. I'm 13. And all I talked about was, I'm going to become Mr. America. And just because of this magazine and because your father got you this weight, you didn't even ask for him. I didn't even ask for him. You know, it, it's interesting because, you know, what we're going to get into and talk about, which this business, when you do it, fully it's very entrepreneurial and if you really want to succeed almost everything you're doing is a startup and Jake who now owns the professional lacrosse league I founded major league lacrosse major exactly league lacrosse. and okay so there's two of them so major league lacrosse you own you've got uh, massive amounts of business interests and things which all started which is what I find fascinating and one of the things I just want to jump back for a second because you know when I say I don't write a lot of stuff it's because the idea of dealing with all of the people that I'm going to have to hear with. So Jake's story, it, from the moment we became friends, I knew there was a show about right, this, right. which That's they kind of have it now. They kind of took it, which is with a female. But Jake was essentially, you were the first personal trainer, I did the, possibly I, in the country. I, right? I was the first guy that did personal fitness training and made it an occupation. And as you say, as an entrepreneur, D, look, I didn't know. I went to college upstate New York. You know Cornell University? Yeah, yeah I went to Cortland right. down the street, right. you know, uh, as you know where it snows every day. And not too conducive to walk around in your gold lame posing trunks and 18 inches of snow. And right. once again, one of these moments, you know, I was the first one in my whole family. My parents never went to college. I never had any relatives that went to college. I was the first one to go to college. So it was a big moment. And my father 
like promised, I will find a way to, if you can make the Dean's List, I'll get your car. And I was like, that's a, that's a pretty cool deal, man. And I'm there for three days. It's snowing. I'm, I'm trying to do some homework. And, and I'm and here. You are, are you a body, an well, amateur bodybuilder at this kinda, point? You've gotten I'm in shape? Starting. I'm right. starting. I'm starting. So you're no longer I'm the fat kid. Out. No, not the fat kid. No, no. I'm training now, right? Mm-hmm. I'm training. I brought my, you know, I had my trunk with me and I had my protein powder that you would, you would mix with water. Water, right? Wait, there was protein powder was that protein, were on the market? There was protein powder that, we, that was like chalk. I mean, yeah. You mixed it with water and raw eggs, <laughs> right. and like it Rocky. was cement. It was before. It was like it was literally that Rocky came out Ten a year later. and a half later, oh, okay. right? I was, I, I was up at Cortland in 76. Right. And uh, so it, it, my life was all bodybuilding. I'm going to California, and I didn't want to disappoint my parents. And here was this moment where my mom... Okay, she called every day to check in, you know, and it wasn't to sell. We don't, no cell phones. We yeah. called, you know, there was a phone in one of the one of the rooms, one of the dorm rooms. That was a we got it to you, you know, work without having to put money in it, without having it was a free phone. Right. So my mom would check in and call. How's Poli Sci? How's English? You know, I finally got enough balls and I said, Ma, I'm going to go to California <laughs> to become a bodybuilder. <laughs> Silence. Yeah. All of a sudden. Herbie, it's worse than mine. Yeah, be a Herbie, <laughs> pick up the phone and talk to your kid. I'm putting my head in the oven. True story. And the bus ride from upstate New York to Baldwin felt like I was going to Australia. So you dropped out of school. I retired <laughs> after 90 days. Right. I did. I served 90 days. I was married for 90 days. So, so, so yeah, there we go, it. 90 you know, days. Get it out quick. <laughs> I, we're done. I got it. I understood it. I, I accomplished. Okay, this is that's college. Right. I could do this. Right. I'm on to the next deal. And uh, I made the move here. And it's very interesting that we're talking about this because uh, I, I have four kids. Now you know my kids, D. You know my wife, Tracy. We're married uh, December 11th. It'll be 33 years. Congrats. Uh, and, uh, you know, I talk to my kids about life's about moments and my daughter just just moved to the UK. And I remember when I came to LA for the first eight or nine months, I couldn't meet a person. I couldn't do it. I was like in New York, I, I knew a lot of people, man. I was rocking and rolling. And here I was in LA. I couldn't meet a soul. It was a straight. I mean, I remember I had an apartment because my parents had a friend who said, oh, Northridge, which is in the valley, mm-hmm. right? You need to, you should live there. It's very terrific. So I got an apartment in Northridge. At, actually, it was a dorm that I went to at Cal State Northridge. I watched the Yankees and the was it the the Yankee World Series 70, 77. Yeah. 76 77. Yep, Dodgers. Right? Yanks Dodgers, right? And like on, Reggie hit three home runs on a black and white television on a black and white television and uh, uh, like a girl knocked on my door like asking for butter. And I said, I don't have any. <laughs> okay? I mean, that, that's how fucked up I was. I, I couldn't meet a person. I couldn't. And, it's so and funny because I, I don't think people can, can understand this now. With social media, with Facebook, you, yeah. you can't enter a place as a stranger. When I got to L.A., it was the same thing. I, I knew my wife-to-be who went back to college, and I knew nobody. And right. I didn't know where right. to go right. or who to talk to. So so what's your first move to kind of try to proceed? Oh, so- well, listen. I mean, I, I used to go from Northridge to World Gym, okay? Now, That's a far now, he, trip. He, to Venice. Now, here's a little story. Joe Gold, who founded Gold's Gym, the world-famous Gold, sold his name 
to a guy named Ken Sprague, and he could not use his own name. So he opened up World Gym on Main Street, second floor, right? And this is where all the dinosaurs, I say, still roam the earth. Arnold, Louis, all these guys worked out there. Joe, no so girls. for the younger crowd, we're talking Schwarzenegger, right, Schwarzenegger Lou, Lou Ferrigno, who right, became the incredible the Hulk. Hulk right, exactly. And, and uh, Joe Gold would not allow women in the gym and no music. Right, <laughs> and if you dropped the weight or you spit, he did. He was giving you money back. I mean, it was it was a scene and a half. Right, and I'm looking, and I'm here. I left a girlfriend. I left my friends. I left my family. My grandma, who was my biggest fan in the world, was uh, you, you know she was the one that 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 I wish she was here today, D, because uh, she didn't see any of this. Uh, well, hopefully she does, but you know, she was the one who was on my side the whole time as a bodybuilder. As a bodybuilder, I, I couldn't be on your side for. As, as a, she was the one who would always say, you know, you got to do what you, you go after your dreams. And to the point where she called me when I was back up at school. And let me cut back for a second. Uh, she said, I have a surprise for you, darling. And I said, what is it? She says, I want you to come to New York City and we're going to see a movie. Okay, great. Yeah, and I got on the bus, got to New York City. I had never been to a screening of a movie before. You yeah, screening D. This is what you do, right? <laughs> this is the world we live in today. You go to screenings, and and and, and you know you with the cast and the crew. I had no idea. All I knew is that I walked in to this magnificent theater with these huge doors, and there's a big audience there, and there was a bodybuilder on the stage, a guy named Ed Corney, who was at the time was Mister Hawaii. Now I had never seen. A real live body. But I trained in Amityville, okay, at this place called Future Man when I was living in Baldwin. And I entered the Mr. Teenage Delmarva, Delaware, Maryland, Virginia, on a park bench. And I went up to the only guy that I knew at, at this place called Future Man in 1976. And his name was Tony Pandolfo, okay? He was Mr. Apollo. That was the contest that he won. And I walked up and I said to him, Tone, I have this contest that I'm entering. In two weeks, could you teach me a posing routine? And he said, "No." <laughs> I, I was, I was. First of all, I had, a, I had a bad stutter. It took everything in my world to get the words up, to have the courage to come ask this man. He was a grown up. He was a dude. Was a grown up. And he said no to me. And his training partner saw that that it happened. He comes, he comes over to me and he goes, "Jake, don't worry about." It. I said, "What do you mean?" I, I asked the guy for a posing routine. He goes, "He's." Intimidated by you. I said, why? He goes, your shoulders are bigger than his. <laughs> and I said, he's a grown-up, for Christ's sakes, man. And it was that kind of moment that that was the only bodybuilder that I knew. Cut to here I am, upstate New York at school. My grandma invites me to this movie, whatever it was going to be, and there's Ed Corny on the stage before this movie begins, this magnificent posing routine. It's the screening of Pump and Iron. Okay? Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger, which to me, that's my Gone with the Wind. Okay, that movie is it for me. Do you still watch it today? I could watch it yeah. Yeah, wherever it is. I could put it on. I, I, all so those everyone has never seen it. You should just check it out to you see what Arnold out. was like 40 years ago when he, could, he really couldn't speak English. Couldn't speak. Right? I mean, yeah, but he was the king. I yeah. mean, the dude was the king. He was the king for sure. Yeah. So here I am. We watch the movie. It's fantastic. But I'm, I'm looking around. I'm looking for Arnold. Right, and I don't see him, so I'm a little bit disappointed. D, I figured you know Arnold Schwarzenegger was going to be there. So as the movie, the end comes up. What do you do when there's a screening? You don't get up, right? You know, you wait till you all the credits roll. You clap. You sit down. What do I know? I got up with my grandma. We walked out. People looking at me. What's wrong with this kid? You know, and I went to open these big doors, 
And I was a little disappointed that Arnold wasn't there. And I opened these doors, and in the foyer, there's Arnold Schwarzenegger. And he's standing right in the middle. He's with his girlfriend. And I just walk right up to him. And I start shaking his hand. And he shook my hand. And it felt like I was shaking his hand for about an hour and 45 minutes. Probably were, Jake. Right? I'm sure it was. <laughs> and, and my grandma was right there. And people started coming out of the theater. And he kind of pulled back like, you know, what's wrong with this kid? And I just stood there. For whatever, however long it was until the last person left. Until the last person left, Arnold and his girl were about to walk out of this <laughs> foyer in this theater. It was now beginning to snow outside. And my grandma looks at me and says, do you have a question for Arnold? I said, well, I don't know, Graham. She goes, don't you have a question for Arnold? I go, I, I don't know. I, I don't think so. So he leaves, and my grandma walks out onto Madison Avenue and she goes, Arnold? Arnold Schwarzenegger. And he turns around, you know, says, how you doing? You know? And he comes over and he says, and she says, my grandson, Jake Steinfeld, has a question for you. And he comes over to me and his girlfriend was in his arm like it was yesterday. He says, do you have a question for Arnold? And now he always talks about Arnold in the third person. So I'm thinking... Arnold him or was somebody other some another Arnold and I'm looking at him which really felt like it was two days and I said what do you do for your calves <laughs> and he said something and his girlfriend looked at me like oh, the, the kid has got problems for sure <laughs> and they walked away and my grandmother goes what do you do for your calves are you a putz what you do you do for calves, your calves oh I have to yeah yeah. Do you? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I did no. an entourage episode about this. Indeed. Jews have small calves. I Listen, I, don't... I never got calf implants, <laughs> and my calves, are, that's what kept me out of Honestly, aside from not taking steroids, which I never did, I always had my thighs got big, my upper body gets huge. I have calves that uh, look great, I'm sure, in stockings, if I ever put stockings on. This is an amazing moment. This is uh, this is really Johnny <laughs> no, Drum. I, uh, no. I may have picked this up from you at some point. I have small calves, too. What no, are you going to do? I, but, there's nothing so you did can he do. give you anything? You know what, man? It was it was a great moment. I ended up meeting him again in L.A., and I remember that when he became the governor, he and I have been friends for a long time. When he became governor of California, he asked me to be chair of the fitness council isn't that, in California, that, which was a— Isn't that amazing, though? Which is a cool thing. I mean, listen, I'm just saying this because two guys from Strong Island, right, that if you have a dream—and and I know a lot of people talk about this, but here we've lived it, man, and, and producer Ted has lived it, too, although he's a Chicago guy that came out at 41. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's okay. Uh, if you have a dream, you got to take the shot. Yeah. Because if you don't take the shot in your life, if you don't take shots, and you hear all this stuff, if you don't, you can't. You, you know, if you don't shoot, you can't score. But it truly is that that if you don't take shots, you never know. And the yeah. last thing you want to have happen is that you would never want to be sixty or seventy years old looking in a mirror saying, At twenty I could have done this. At thirty I had this idea. At forty five I was gonna write a show and I didn't do it. That's what makes people crazy. Yeah. Listen, success is failure turned inside out. I truly believe it. Think about the successes you have. 
you, you talk about it a little bit, but it's more fun talking about the failures yeah. that well, you've had. That's it's what Jews character. do. Well, 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 Jews do, but yeah. I, I think everybody does. No, but I mean, you know, Jews specifically, they do like to hone on the negativity. <laughs> but, is, this, but is, I it, think, is this because it's Hanukkah? Are we zoning in on the Jewish stuff? Yeah, you know what? I, I like to have a Jewish. I think you're our first Jewish guest. No, actually, we should we have had George Belfort on a, a week ago. So nice. That was good. But so nice. I just think, you know, what, what's special for me in these stories, I mean, I remember I went to the Goodfellas premiere in 1990 when I didn't even know any way that I could enter this business and, you know, and and got to stand around Scorsese and De Niro and all of these people. And, you know, to to end up... Let me say a quick, Michael Imperioli, Mm -hmm. right? The great, become a great actor. His first television show he ever did was Big Brother Jake on the Family Channel. Well, we're going to get into a lot of your acting and all of that stuff because Jake is a, he is a true Hollywood story, comes out for bodybuilding and does all sorts of things, and, and we'll be right back after this. Thanks for listening to Hollywood Ways. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. We're going to take a quick break to talk about something very important, you. If you're like Breezy and myself, you're probably busy balancing work and family life, and maybe you're taking care of everything except your mental health. Think about this for a minute. We get our car service to prevent bigger issues down the road. We work out and visit the doctor to prevent injury and disease in our bodies. We see the dentist for our teeth to prevent cavities and other issues. Going to therapy is like all of the above. It's routine maintenance for your mental and emotional wellness. We both know about the stresses of life, and we also know that it's not good to keep things bottled up inside of you. That's where our friends at BetterHelp come in. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. You can get all the benefits of therapy without leaving the comfort of your home. BetterHelp is much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Why invest in everything else and not your mind? This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and right now, our Hollywood Ways listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash Hollywood. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash Hollywood. All right, welcome back, Hollywood Ways. Jake Steinfeld. Some of you still know him as Body by Jake. Still, became, come on. You know, well, I mean, wait, you don't wait, really use that brand too. anymore. How many meetings have we taken? And you go, Jake, 65. And I go, Dave, I'm I 63 know. years old, man. You're only 10 years older than me, but it's weird because I did. I grew <laughs> up on you. You were so present in my life everywhere. Every time uh, you turned the TV on, yeah. you were working out. Turn on one of my favorite movies, Coming to America. And there's Jake <laughs> playing the, the fucking cab driver at right. the airport. So right. what I want to talk about is... You're in L.A., like you said. You don't know anybody. You don't know where to go. And you're trying to make this bodybuilding career, which that was not going to be your thing. You're not, you weren't going to win the gold medal in the Olympics. Right. You weren't going to do. So tell me about the transition to start coming up with how you're going to build this incredible empire that you have built. Well, listen, first of all, you, you know, I never had a plan. I never had a business plan. A, I never went to college to go to a business class, to go to a business school, to understand how to put a business plan together. I was the IP. I was the product. And that's what I believed. And uh, I, I loved working out. I loved what it did for me. I had a moment, once again, we talked in the earlier segment about life's about moments. I had to make a decision. I, I wanted to enter the mystic 
America contest. I entered the Mr. Southern California contest in 1979. I came in second place. Nice. The guy that beat me was on steroids. I went from 231 pounds to 201 pounds, right? I did all that. I, I sucked the weight down, man. I, I was ripped to the this bone. This is, just so I know, there's weight classes? Is that the idea? No, no. Well, at the time, there really wasn't small. a weight class. 201 it, uh, is tiny, 201, right? it, was a, it, 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 it was the small contest. It wasn't, I, I never made it to the big league, like I'm, where it was a heavyweight and a lightweight so, contest. Okay, so they it had just, those, but the heavyweights, I mean, Arnold, I have Arnold no idea, 280? Yeah, no, two, Arnold was never 280, but was he, uh, I mean, Arnold was maybe 220, 225. Oh, that's it? Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Right. Louis was, Lou Frigno was, you know, over 300 pounds. Yeah, that's uh, what I thought. I thought Arnold was that Incredible point. specimen of a yeah. guy. Uh, but the, the the thing was, I went from 231 to 201, didn't take steroids. I did everything right, man. The guy that beat me was on steroids. I had to make a decision, T. Now, I read all the muscle magazines. Nobody, everyone said eat 18 eggs and 24 chickens a day, and you too could become Mr. America. I, I clucked a lot. <laughs> right. But I didn't become Mr. America. No one talked about steroids. Here I was in the gym, in the shower. Guys are hitting each other with needles. And I'm going, whoa, there's something wrong with this. I remember in fourth grade, remember the TB test. You were a little bit, you know, you're a lot younger than me, but they would give you a little TB test. The nurse would come around, a little four-pronged thing in your forearm. I'd faint at that, right. let alone put a needle in my own battissimo, right? <laughs> I said, I'm not doing it. So what's the decision? The decision was, I'm going to stay here. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to make this work. But bodybuilding's over. As a professional. Right. Right? Now, I left my friends, a girlfriend. Think about it, right? You don't want to – I don't want to go back to New York a loser. That that was everything in my mind. I'm not going home a loser because everyone expected me to come home. Right? right? Whether a loser or not, you're coming home in six months. You're never going to make it. Right. And – Right place, right time. I'm living in Studio City, California, right, at this apartment complex where there was a lot of, uh, well, let's call it out-of-work actors and actresses. Uh, Actually, the guy that created Barney Miller or one of the producers of Barney Miller was living underneath me. Bruce Springsteen's sister, Pammy Springsteen, was my next-door neighbor. Uh, I mean, it was an incredible, an incredible apartment complex. And I'm bouncing at night. Uh, We could talk about I was doing doing the Incredible Hulk at Universal Studios. I'm in green paint, you know. So let let, (laughs) just take a little side journey for that. So you're basically the... You were, you were Lou Ferrigno standing stand in. on right. the show, The Hulk. Right, yeah, the, the first season, and then and then I did the uh, the Hulk for the Universal Studios tour, uh, and I was in green paint uh, fourteen hours a day. Man. And you came for out real? running at people at the tram. Yeah, that's what I did. No, yeah, no, I was in green paint fourteen hours a day. And as a matter of fact, my first movie that I ever did was Cheech and Chong's next movie. Right after they did Up and Smoke, because Tommy Chong used to work out at World Gym. I used to go to the gym. And I would sweat, and green would come out of my pores. Yeah, this could have been healthy, Jake. The steroids might have been healthier than the green paint. Honestly, to this day, I think so. Did they paint you every day? Like I was, I had a water-based paint from my neck down, (laughs) like a spray. Uh, No, I was painted. I have photos I could we could post from I, I, I had a trailer and I had two two scraps that I that I hung on to and my makeup artist would literally with a roller. Why'd you get paid for this? I made a thousand dollars a week. Oh, it's all right. No, 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 no. Money. I did gr- listen. 
And plus, I had all the free steak patties, and <laughs> and, and, and and you know, I was. Uh, so your real job, though, is aside from the stand-in on the show, which anyone right. doesn't know, is stand-in. You're standing in for lighting and all this. But That's it. You're also entertaining people on the U- on, on Universal, Universal Studios tour. tour. Right. Okay. Exactly. There was there was a show called the Makeup Show where where they would uh, make up people as Frankenstein and the Bride. Right. And then at the end of that little show, the Hulk would come out, and I'd run through the audience, and <laughs> people would. Fly. Do they Every, think you're Lou? Everybody thought you were Lou. Everybody, right. and you, you know, and the, the thing <laughs> was, is that the bet was because I, I I had a green yak wig on. I had. Uh, uh, you know, a forehead that they put on, right. right, with spirit gum and duo. They even put a nose on top of this nose. I don't know why they had to do that. If you get a close-up of that, I, I could do, a like, eclipse of the sun on this one. And it was an oil-based paint on my face, right? But they gave me teeth, fake <laughs> fake teeth, right? So, and all I had to do, because it was, the growl was piped in. There were no lines. So I would just, you know, go... <laughs> like this, you know, you, you you know, you flex your traps, you walk around, right? You look for pretty girls, and that that look, that was the deal. So Hilarious. that was a great thing. I was bouncing at night on my off How'd days. How'd you get along with Lou Ferrigno? So he was like your idol. Louis was great. Listen, man, Louis was Louis was a tough custom because Arnold played a lot of bands, and he was deaf, completely deaf. Correct. Well, he was he was deaf, but he was able to. You know, Louis done a much better job today speaking. It does so well, right? Uh, and we have since have been great friends it's it was tough what do you mean in the since? Beginning. Did you, what do you mean it was tough in the we beginning? we had we had some moments because you know louis <laughs> louis was the hulk man and if you saw pumping iron you saw arnold really took advantage of louis you know it, mind games and that's what arnold did it's what he does today you know it's what he does you gotta know who you're playing with in business, like anything yeah. else, you you know people, right? Producer Ted, you deal with people. You know how to work with people and deal with people. And Arnold was a guy who played mind games. He really fucked with Louis in a in a very big way. And I think it it, it hurt Louis uh, in his life doing a lot of things. Um, so when he became the Hulk, he became he was the star. And I was just happy to be there, man. I couldn't believe that I was there, that I'm the Hulk, you know. And this one day. Uh, I'm with my two makeup artists. I'm in my. I got a trailer. <laughs> D. You know, you understand. Unreal. So this you're making movies. You you know, you have dressing rooms and trailers. I have a trailer. I'm having the time of my life. Right. I get all the free steak patties. I get frozen yogurt. I, I whatever, and I'm making a thousand dollars a week. I don't have no lines. I'm just having a ball. Louis comes in, and he goes like this. He says, uh, "Fuck you, Jake. I'm the Hulk. I'm the Hulk, and you're nothing." I'm like. What, what do you mean, Louis? I, I, I'm the Hulk, too. And he says, but you, I'm the Hulk, and you're nothing. And I was very upset with that. And it took many years for us to reconcile. He was getting jealous that you were getting this attention on the I got, tour. Well, because here's the thing, because I was... Look, people knew that Louis had a hearing... You know, he had a hearing impairment. So you were like man. the Hulk with personality. So I went out. When the, when, when the trams would come around, I would walk out, man. And I'd wave to people. They were so excited. And they would, they would, they would you know, people would sign because they thought, I, and I didn't know, listen, no, I'm Jake, man. No, I'm Jake. No, we understand. Louie, we understand. You know, it's like talking to somebody who, you, you know, if from a foreign country, if you talk louder and slower, yeah. you think they're going to understand. Right. And it was, it, it was insane. What did he 
he want you to do, and, and, and how did you rectify this situation? Well, you know, it took many years. Yeah. It, it took many years for us to rectify it, but Louis is, is great, and uh, I love him, and uh, he's, he's done great things, and it's just a, a sweet, sweet guy. And listen, for me to even be talking like this to you about the guy who I had hanging up on my wall, right, at Cortland State along with Arnold and these guys— is it's this is the greatest thing about this country, man? Yeah. That that you get an opportunity if you take the shot. And so let me cut to you, the question you're asking: How did it really happen? It's an off day. I'm not doing the Hulk. I'm not bouncing in a bar. I'm sitting out what every good muscle head does. I'm catching rays. Right. I'm at my apartment complex in Studio City, and this actress said, "Come over," who I had seen a bunch of times, and she says, "Can I ask you a question?" I said, "Yeah, sure." She says. I've got this Club Med commercial that I've got to do. I've got six weeks. I've got to get in shape. Now, Dee, she looked great. She just, I could tell, she had to wear a bikini. She said she needed the confidence and self-esteem to wear a bikini in front of Dee Ellen and 50 other people on a crew. And I and I said, I'm happy to help you. She goes, uh, look, I like you, but I don't want to look like you. So this was 1979, the top of 1980. Jane Fonda had just come on the scene doing all the high-impact aerobic shows, her exercise video. All this stuff was just – fitness was just – you have no idea. It didn't exist really, right? right. It, this did not exist. And she said – would you mind coming to my boyfriend's house to do a workout over there? And I said, yeah, of course. She goes, you know, I like you, but I don't want to look like you. I don't want to be a bodybuilder. So I said, okay. She says, how much is it going to cost? I go, for me to come to your house? I don't know. Give me gas money. Uh, for my 1977 white Camaro, I had Jake 77 on a license plate. <laughs> it was my lacrosse number. I always kept a very low profile. Very important. <laughs> keep a low, Entrepreneurs keep a low profile. And... um she gave me the address, and I came up with this 30-minute workout using a broomstick, a towel, and a chair. The towel for resistance training. The chair was for push-ups and dips, right? The broomstick was for just for twisting for abdominal work, right? I figured she doesn't want to get muscles. You know, women were very intimidated by using weights back in the day. They thought they were going to get big muscles. So I had a 30-minute workout. I love working out. I love the gym, but I never hung out in the gym. Right. I did my workout. I got out. So I figured, here's a 30-minute routine. I went to her boyfriend's house, knocked on the door. If you weren't on the cover of Musclehead Digest, I didn't know who you were. And guy answers the door. turns out to be Francis Ford Coppola. <laughs> and I just looked at him. I thought, this guy could use a workout, too. <laughs> and they started going to parties, and they started saying, you know, people started saying, you know, a gal named Sandy said, you look great. What are you doing? This guy, Jake, comes to comes to my house. He's got a broomstick, a towel, and a chair. It's a 30-minute workout. He's pretty funny. He eats too much. They had a great fridge, man, and I had no money. And I would sit and eat the chicken, whatever was in the fridge, any kind of protein I would eat. And uh, got to remember, brother, there was no cell phones. Mm-hmm. There was no cell phones. And you have to remember, too, I'm sure you did the same thing. We didn't. When you move from New York to California, wherever you went to, you had to list your phone number in a phone book, right? which is I never did because my mom wasn't with me, you know? <laughs> and it was the best thing I never did because, as you know, in this town, if people want to get a hold of you and they can't, they seem to want you more. And it became this mystique of, who is this guy? You got to get him. And all of a sudden, I'm getting phone calls in my one-bedroom apartment on my little entry machine. Remember those entry yep. machines, right? With the little uh, the, the little beeper. You would, you would, it would boop. 
And, yep. the, and the tape recorder would play back, and messages would come. Steven Spielberg, Harrison Ford, Priscilla Presley, <laughs> Bette Midler, Warren Beatty, Barbara Streisand. I'm like, what? And I will say this to you. I mentioned the names, not just to show off a little bit, but I learned the greatest lesson of my life. They're no different than us. The only difference is they had a dream, and they never quit on their dream and never took no for an answer. And I live with these people. I traveled with them. I trained Harrison for Temple of Doom with Spielberg and all these great guys. The greatest lessons that I learned were just by hanging. With all due respect, look, I have four kids. They all went to college. Two are still in college. Everybody is different. And what works for you, D, might not necessarily work for me. Same thing with exercise. you got to find what works for you. And that's the path you choose. That's the path that you stay on. And that you got to leave yourself open for opportunity and for adventure every day. I never took an acting lesson in my life. I know right, people will so, say, yeah, maybe I could go. Oh, I see. Dude never took an acting lesson. So no is, that, is that what happens? You have this personality and you're around these incredible talents who are making movies and they all just like you and go, we want to put you in a movie? Or, yeah, or what that's happens? exactly what happened. That, that's, that started to happen. John Landis, who became a great friend of mine. Uh, John Landis, put the, the Blues Brothers and Animal House. and Yeah, uh, man. The trading Places. American Werewolf in London. Right. I mean, so, some of the greatest movies put me in uh, a film called Into the Night. So he just uh, says to Jake, I think you should be in this movie. He like, goes, and, and, and he says, and by the way, he has always stated to this day, he says, Jake, you fucked up your whole career by doing the fitness thing. Right. You should have stayed, you, you should have been star. an actor. Exactly. Right. That's, and and he's, always, he's always said that to me. Right. But all that, it's just the opportunities that were were in front of me, and then I started feeling opportunities that I can create on my own, just from the people that I were hanging around with and seeing what they were doing and saying, I'm going to take a shot at doing this. The biggest moment for me in fitness was Ted Turner. It gave me my shot uh, doing the fitness break on Cable News Network back in 1981. So uh, when we come back, I want to hear that. Yeah, yeah. that comes about. Hollywood this. Hollywood that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's hear it. Hey, Breezy, remember when CBD came out? We all wanted it to be like cannabis, and it wasn't. It helps with something, but you don't exactly feel it. Well, prepare to have your mind change. CBDX.com felt the same way, so they went all in on Delta 8 THC. CBDX gummies and vape are federally legal form of THC. You will absolutely feel it. At CBDX, they have flour, cartridges, vape products, gummies. These will get you stoned and feeling great, but remember, never drive or operate heavy machinery when you using these products. Don't do podcasts either. Oh yeah, they will show up as THC on a drug test. Looking for some relief? Go to CBDX.com. That's four letters. C-B-D-X. And use this code H-W-A-Y-Z. That's code H-W-A-Y-Z. You'll get 20% off and a free gift. And help support the show. The days of paying high prices at the dispensary are over. The days of sketchy handoffs are over, too. Do it right, do it legally, and it feels the same. Go to CBDX.com. That's four letters. C-B-D-X. Use code H-W-A-Y-Z. Get yourself some gummies or a vape. You'll be blown away that this is legal and shipped directly to you. Before we get back to the conversation, we want to thank Credit Karma for sponsoring the show. Do we feel overwhelmed when it comes to handling personal finances? Of course, you are not the only one. Credit Karma is here to help you make those big calls with more confidence. Whether you're refinancing credit card debt or paying for an upcoming expense, Credit Karma uses your credit data to show you fresh personal loan offers that are personalized to you. The best part about Credit Karma is that it's completely Completely free and checking your office does not affect your score not one bit. 
All right, so if you've been thinking of renovating a home or you want to do some things around the house, Credit Karma is the place to go to to check out your loan offers. Again, this does not affect your credit score at all, and I promise you they will make it so incredibly easy and helpful for you the whole way through. The best part is Credit Karma helps you keep track of your financial progress and even lets you know if you can refinance and save money. Ready to apply? Head to creditkarma.com slash loan offers to see your personalized offers for your approval odds right now. Go to creditkarma.com slash loan offers to find the loan for you. That's creditkarma.com slash loan offers. All right, welcome back. Hollywood Ways, Jake Steinfeld tearing up the fitness world. And it really is, I just, <laughs> I, I know it's so hard to comprehend that just because it's everywhere now. It was nowhere. Yeah. And none of this was happening. And you're personal training some of the greatest talents in the history of Hollywood, yep. to be honest. So, and they, because Jake is, just like I found you the first time, is just a personable guy. And people said, okay, let's do this. But so Ted Turner comes to you and says, I want you to... No, there was an article on me in People Magazine, which was the Bible, right? If you were in People Magazine, you hit it. And the article was when Jake Barks, Spielberg... Ford, at the time, Terry Garr was training her for Tootsie, a movie called Tootsie. Uh, yeah, uh, a little, little comedy, yeah, one of the greats. Yeah, right. Uh, Wait, but I need to understand, Do you are you hiring a publicist, or is this just happening? How how are these articles getting out? Great. And that's a great question, man. You know, no one has ever asked that question <laughs> to me. Uh, a publicist came to me, and it, this, this was in 1980, and this just all started to happen, and said, you know, you know, I'm hearing your name everywhere. Uh, and it was just, it was, it was Jake, you know, get this guy, Jake, get this guy, Jake. She says, what's the name, what's the name of your company? Because I think we could do things. I don't know, my company. <laughs> I, I said, uh, Body by Jake. Truly, right? And um, I trademarked Body by Jake. And it, 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 the first, so, and I made up 12 t shirts, right? I had 12 t shirts made up, which I gave to my 12 clients. And on the front, it said Body by Jake. And on the back, it said the Steinfeld method. Right. Okay. Right. I gave the shirt to Steven Spielberg, who I call Wheels, right? And uh, <laughs> I said, Wheels, I got a shirt for you, man. He said, It's really cool. Body by Jake. Well, you know, that's a, that's a brand. That that real that's got a real ring to it. Then he turned the shoulder, uh, shirt over. It said, "He goes the Steinfeld method." He goes, "Are you a gynecologist?" <laughs> you know. He says, "Get rid of this." He goes, "The m- methods are fads. Fads come and go. Brands could live forever." And that was in 1981 when wow. when he said that to me. And you, but it's because look, I didn't go to school, but I went to school in the right place at the right time with incredibly amazing, successful, regular people. And, and, and I say regular because they were. They truly were. Behind, and they were good to you. They were great to me. Listen, I wouldn't be sitting here with you, D, if uh, Steve Spielberg wasn't my big brother. You know, guys like the late, great Steve Ross, who put time and wanted together, uh, coached me up in business. Um, it, it, it just went on and on. Success breeds success, that upward spiral of success, I call it, you know? And so this People Magazine article comes out. Yeah. So so it, it comes out, I had just got a condo in Westwood, and simultaneously, I got myself a brand new 450 SL Mercedes, <laughs> right? Because I saw, I used to park outside my clients' houses, outside the gates. And this is the 80s now. It was the me, the, the me decade. And I said... I mean, look, I might have been born at night, but not last night. And I'm looking around. I'm saying, ah, okay, I see this. And I'm parking outside. I'm going to get this Mercedes-Benz, black on black, 
450SL, top down, pulled up to Priscilla Presley's house, rang the, the buzzer, and normally I would just park outside and walk in. I just wanted to try something. <laughs> I rang the buzzer, and the guy says, uh, who is it? Who's here? I said, is it Jake? He goes, oh, oh, that's you in, in the 450? I said, yeah. Come on in. <laughs> and it changed everything. So from from everybody, Perception. from People Magazine to Robin Leach, Lifestyles that are rich and famous, to this article in People Magazine comes out. I'm training Hef at the Playboy Mansion, and I get this message on my little answering machine now in Westwood from Ted Turner, who asked to call me back. Please call me back. I didn't know who he was, right? And I went to I went to go see Hef, and uh, I asked, "Do you know this man?" He says, "Of course I do." He says, "What does he want?" I said, ah, "He wants me to do a fitness show." For his television, he has a new cable network, a 24-hour news network, wants me to do a fitness show to make his network more family-friendly. I said, I don't want to become Jake LaLanne. That's, I, rem- I re- remember the words. He says, and then Hef said to me, think about something that you could do to promote yourself. And right there, we started talking, and I said, what if I did a commercial that promoted me, that he paid for, and I'm wondering, could I use some of the Playmates? And he said, whatever you want to use. <laughs> and I called Wheels, all right? I went to his house to train him next. I said, can I use the, the house at Broad Beach? He said, no problem. Ted Turner gave me, true story, thirty grand to shoot 200 one-minute vignettes that I called Fitness Break by Jake, right? Where it was me and two playmates. And I did a, an exercise using a broomstick, a towel, a chair, two cans of Mama's tomato paste. And it was, hey, gang, I'm Jacob Body by Jake, and here's your fitness tip of the day. Today we're going to work the old Battissimo, and here's Marilyn, and here's Sue. And we're going to do some squats. But uh, let's do 10 reps. Fantastic. Remember, stick to the fight when your heart is hit. It's when things seem worst that you must not quit. Don't quit. Have a great day. Those spots ran four times a day in the States, and they ran about 10 times an hour around the world. Because when Ted was launching cable news network, CNN, he needed filler. And my stuff to use is filler. And it made me uh, a recognizable name around the world in six months. I mean, it's so crazy, Jake. You're, you're this <laughs> fat kid with a stutter. <laughs> you're such a natural salesman, business-minded guy. And here you are by kind of happenstance. You're hanging out with the biggest guys in the world. Yeah. Was part of you going, how do I get my piece of whatever everybody else has, or is it all just kind of like... It's a great question again, man. You know, I wasn't thinking... I was living with... Man, I'm on the Warner Jet with Spielberg and Michael Jackson. I'm, 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 I'm living... I'm, I'm with these guys. But then I got into my car and went to my little apartment in Westwood. So you felt right? like a little bit so, of an outsider. Uh, but a little bit of an outsider, but oh, how do I do this my way? Right? Because... It, the kiss of death would have been me pitching a movie idea to Steven Spielberg. Right. Handing a script, which I was not, I always admire you for the ability to write. I could tell stories. I've done seven books, uh, blessed uh, New York Times, Wall Street Journal bestseller. I have great ghostwriters. To this day, my mother sure. still says, I love the books. You do so great that you wrote those books. <laughs> I go, Ma, 
I didn't write the book. Wes Smith wrote the book. I, I told them the book, you right. know. But I always admire, you can look at that blank page on Instagram. You're hysterical. Now that you're back uh, on, by the way, I, you know. I'd, I'd rather a fitness video with some playmates, but whatever. No, 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 but I'm just saying. So for me, it was how, how do I do it my way? Which is the only way. Look, I'm a, I'm a lefty. No one can teach me how to shoot a foul shot. You know, Rick Barry used to shoot underhand. That's how I copied that. Uh, I played basketball. I played lacrosse. Uh, you know, everything I did, I, I had to teach myself my way. And I don't, when Ted Turner says, "Do these little vignettes," are you writing all that copy? Yes, are you it's all, coming it's all up me. with that? And are you did, running it through Spielberg? I, going, I'm running it through Spielberg, and I'm <laughs> asking these guys, "What do you think?" And they're all laughing and loving it, and it just hit. And the same thing was, I just was able to part that famous by association into videos and books and television shows. And then I had this dream, right? I, I was doing a Body by Jake television show, and I said, Ted became a mentor and a friend to me. I hosted the first Ace Awards, which was the Emmys for cable, right? right. With me and Dr. Ruth Westheimer. <laughs> okay, I'm telling you right now, man, at the Shrine Auditorium here in L.A., and uh, not necessarily this must the have news. Been so surreal. No, you were on not necessarily the news. No, they won, and I gave them. Oh. <laughs> I, I gave them whatever the. It, that was you, a funny you know, show. The, it was an Ace Award. Yeah. You won an Ace Award. Yeah. But all those things, I was right there, and everyone in town used to bust my balls because I was the ca- on cable. I was on cable, and then I got into the infomercial business, which I never thought, you know. Ever I would do because it was you know you look at the guy with the funny sweat I'm, I'm dating myself now but you know the colorful sweater on you know humping Popeil's kitchen magician and thing and someone said to me yeah but just do it your way like you talk about and I found the fitness piece of a piece of fitness equipment and uh, the ab scissor that wasn't the first one man oh. the first one was the firm flex in 1992 <laughs> 93. And it was a piece of fitness equipment that you can sit on. You can work your whole body. I came up with something called the Simple 7, the hook. Like a musician comes up with a hook, the hook was the Simple 7. Seven simple exercises while you're sitting down watching TV. You design this thing? No, no, no. How does this work? No, no, no. I have an idea. I'm not a designer, right? Right. I, I surround myself with good people. I find great people, inventors, creators. And this is what I like to do. And I've got, like you, you know when something is funny. I know, ah, this works because for me, in the core of it all, man, I'm all about hope and health and family. I was always like that hope, health, and family. And all those three things, you live by that, good things happen. And that first piece of equipment, we shot an infomercial, right? That I, you know, I stood up and just spoke into the camera, did my rapid do, and uh, we did about $95 million in sales. <laughs> in and, 1992? And 93. Wow. It's unbelievable. And, so, and, and it just kept and, and those just so my company was like a movie studio. We did one piece of one movie a year, so one piece of fitness equipment a year, and we had an incredible string of success. And uh, look, like I said, man, I've been very blessed in my life, but it's about taking shots, and 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 I failed miserably too. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and tell you everything a thing I touched, D. Yeah, you know, we, we have a stock yeah, together that we're no, failing no, at right now. Well, but you, you know, listen, <laughs> but, but listen, but you know, I going to home shopping, which by the way, you need to see home shopping in real life because you would lose your mind. All right, now, uh, I spent 17 years on Home Shopping Network. 
right? Where you're, you know, when you sit and you do your, your victory show with the, with the fellas in person, live audience. Yeah. Nothing beats a live audience, yeah. man. You get a laugh. It's that 800 people yeah. all laughing together. Well, what beats it is selling $92 million in step seven. Well, no, but wait, no, no. scissors well, or whatever You're it making is. money when you're sleeping, for yeah, sure. No, but it's but selling live on television, there's nothing like it. So if you can visualize for a second, you're selling live, you're on home shopping, there's a computer screen to your left. Now, I don't know how it is today. I haven't been on for a number of years. Um, you have four cameras, and you have a, two models on the piece of equipment. I have an IFB, a little thing in my ear. I have a TD telling me, hey, Jake, you know, look at this camera, look at that camera, and we want to show some B-roll, whatever it might be. And you're seeing calls online, calls on hold, and dollars per minute yeah. that you're doing. It's phenomenal. And it's like being in it's Las a rush. Vegas. It, it's, it's, it's a rush. And, and it, so my so my question though is you you're surrounded by these world beaters who look at you as their trainer. Right. Yeah. Then all of a sudden you're making more money, not than Spielberg, but than a lot of them. Right. And does that change the relationship? Absolutely does. Nineteen eighty eight I woke up one morning and I said this is the last time I'm gonna train somebody. So you know, I've always gone on my gut D. Um uh, you know, like I said, we never put a business plan together about anything. I've gone on my gut with everything. I bet on people. I bet on relationships. I bet on myself. And I woke up in 88 when you kept talking throughout this whole time about you were the first guy to do personal fitness training and made it an occupation. Yes, more and more people were coming in. And I just felt like, you know, now it's time to make the move, time to do something new, you know, or you become stagnant or you become just like everybody else. So I, I stopped. I left the personal training world and stayed body. Uh, look, I'm always body by Jake. No matter where I go, you're still body by Jake. But I wanted to do new things. So that's where the idea of doing my own television network. I saw Ted, so he did with headline news. I said, I can do this as a 24-hour fitness television network. By the way, no background in it. I said, I'm going to take the shot. I'll, I'll get the right people around me. And I still say, like we opened the show up when you're talking about writing your show, the world lets you be what you make them believe you are. The world lets you be what you make them believe you are. You say it enough times, it's going to come true. It's going to happen. You might not win, but it's going to happen. And I launched Fit TV in uh, 1992 and sold it to Rupert Murdoch in 1997. It changed my life. Uh, basketball was a big thing for me, and I, I wanted to buy an NBA team. But I want to know how your friends reacted to that. Oh, they were great. Listen, you, you know, I, I hung around with some, you know, some big dogs, and they were all so supportive. Oh, that's and, great. And, and still to this day, you know, love to say I gave Jake a start. I gave, and which I love to hear. You know, we we have a mutual friend, Colleen Camp. We didn't mention Colleen. Yet, you know, a great actress, an incredible producer, the Oscar whisperer, she calls herself today. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she was truly, truly ground zero for me. You know, ground zero. And it, there's so many great people that... And Colleen I, was on Entourage, and Colleen yeah. was also, you know, Apocalypse Now and Clue. and, and, and you know. Exactly. And, and I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for a lot of people who really did me right, yeah. you know? And, and that's what you kind of live by is I, I got dealt right by so many people that all I love to do is help younger people now who are coming up in the industry and show support, whether it's for my buddy D, you, and uh, whatever I can do. It makes it so much more fun. Yeah. You know, I asked a question to my friend Steven Spielberg a long time ago, man. Uh, 
when I had enough courage, one of the first times I went to his house and I said, what's it like to be, to be rich? You know, uh, and, and I thought for sure it was like, you know, so you don't have a car payment, you know, you don't have a rent payment. He goes, you know, Jake, it's having the ability to do what you want, when you want, with who you want, how you want, anytime you want. And that to me, I ran, I, it was 1981 when he told me those words. I, I, it resonates to this day. Yeah. You know, I think it's all about getting to a place where you can have your creative freedom to do your outlets. You're going to do a podcast. You've yeah. recorded a few. Yeah. I don't know. They're like the hidden files because we Whoa, did me maybe, and you a while we'll ago. Maybe we'll break them out. Maybe we'll break them but, out. But, uh, you know, it's just, as I said, you're a great. Hollywood story, an unlikely story, and really about perseverance and and starting in something. So it was great. Don't quit, man. Yeah. I mean, listen, and the words "don't quit." That yeah. I actually, and you got a, you got a product still. I mean, right now we got a big product. product yeah, man. We so. we're, we're we're you know I was cut from my eighth grade basketball team. You know, you know those moments, man. And I was given a poem called "Don't Quit." Uh, a friend gave it to me. It just out of the clear blue, and I was hardly a poet. And uh, for some reason, once again, life's about moments. I kept that poem. And that poem resonated with me. It became a Bible verse to me. And in 1981, I trademarked the words, don't quit. And uh, I've kept it sacred. The last two lines of the poem are, stick to the fight. When your heart is hit, it's when things seem worse that you must not quit. And it's a poem that I recite every day. The the plaque itself is on my desk. I think I showed it to you. And uh, if you live by those words and live by the fact that you, you, you get up every morning and enjoy every moment, Good, bad, or indifferent. You're breathing, you're up, you're rocking and rolling, you take the shot, don't waste a minute. You can make money D. You can lose money, you make it again, but you can never, you can never, ever get time back. That's a good point. Jake's up, by the way, 4.30 in the morning when I text him. He's, it, I'm sitting in bed trying to sleep. He's already worked out. Bang in the eye in the hours. So I love it. And everybody, check out this uh, Don't Quit. Don't Quit. Is a great I. Have one every day. It's Don't a, quit, Max. No sugar added. Grams with a of lot protein, of protein and twenty six vitamins and minerals. One gram of sugar. That's why I've got more muscles than Jake now. So you Jake, do. look at huge, baby. Jake D. Thank you for coming in. Love you. Hey, and, uh, I'm on fun. the show, right? Uh, you, Jake wants to be on the new show. Jake's on the new show. That's how it works. That's, That's how, how it works, works man. When we will be back. We will have Breezy back next week. Which I actually I was wish, hoping I would. I, I actually wish you met her because she has I, a good I, Steven Spielberg story. I, he he saw her on her show and flew her to New York and like you know brought her in for a meeting. That's so, what he does. Yeah, Listen, he really. I was he, there when those things happened. He really saw something in her. Same thing I did, and uh, I, I expect good things for her. But you'll meet her next time. We'll have you back, awesome. and uh, we'll do some scenes together. So we'll be back next Hollywood week. Hollywood ways, ways, baby. Jake Steinfeld. Don't quit. Don't quit. I know that you like the lies. Know you like the way it shines. There's no other place you'd rather be.